With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Fidelity Investments. Your money's new best friend, Will Danoff, has arrived. Visit investwithdanoff.com. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 chance. Early second period. No scoring. Penguins in Chicago. Hurricanes still up 2-1 on the Lightning. That's now early in the third. The Raptors trailing Washington 73-54. That's five minutes left in the third quarter. The Oil Kings about to get underway at Rogers Place against the Kootenai Ice. All your trade deadline stuff and info on 630Ched.com. We'll talk to Jack Michaels about that in about uh, 90 seconds. But we have uh, Jared holding the line. Jared, I got Jack standing by, but you got the floor for a minute and a half. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, I just... I just like to say that I really like what the Shirelli did. I didn't think we needed another kind of bigger plotting forward, so we got a little bit of variety up front. But I also think the most important thing is he didn't do anything to disrupt the chemistry of the team. So I think when you go past the trade deadline and all the players are still there, the players that have got them there so far, that shows a big vote of confidence for the team, and I think that's most important. And I don't think there's any possible trade he could have made that could uh, could have helped the team. And I think with Brandon Davidson, it's interesting that, you know, last year he was, you know, on the cusp of being a top defenseman, but you get a few injuries and then Brian Benning comes along and you slip through the cracks, and I guess that's that's how it goes. You You don't seize that opportunity, and then it's all lost. Thanks, Jared. Always appreciate it. And we'll quickly go to Jed as well since he called back. Jed, I'll give you 40 seconds, buddy. Hey, yeah, okay. Well, what I was worried about was, number one, bringing a small guy in, and I think we did. But number two, I think insulating the young guys. Reed, I just want to know what you think about insulation. And, you know, okay, again, guys like that that were sitting there, I know they're a little older, but to just show the young guys the way to go. We got lots of guys they got experience, but we don't have any of those guys like a Don, a Genla, Ott, that'll just insulate it and show them what it's like to be there. Well, I, I, I actually think Shirelli believes that DeHarnay can lead that in that way a little bit because he has been on playoff teams in Montreal and because he's a smaller guy who's had to fight for space and to stay in the NHL. So I, I actually think... Shirelli believes that DeHarnay is relevant when it comes to the yeah. experience question. But then, but then I listened to Simmer and Ferreira today, and he thinks they think he's beyond the point of showing the young guys. He they say he's not a bad player, but he's seen his day, and I just hope that that doesn't come back to haunt them. And the other thing I was going to say was 
if we do get an injury or two on defense going down the run, oh, I, I hope that we don't need a defenseman. And the other one is I hope this guy isn't another Petrie. I just hope, for God's sake, they just didn't give a Petrie. I know he's a little older, but it, you, like you guys say, it takes a little longer for a defenseman to come along. Jed, thanks. thanks yep, yep, thanks for calling seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome in the Oilers play by play voice on six thirty. Chet in the Oilers radio network. It is Jack Michaels. Jack, thanks for making time for me. I appreciate it. Do you want to take any more calls first, or what? <laughs> hey, man, they were opening for you. That's I know. How I like I'm to just put it. giving you a hard time. <laughs> I, that's part of the reason you have me on to keep you in check. I just wanted to make sure. I mean, if there was anyone else who you know wanted to call in first. Well, maybe. As far as insulation, I always liked the insulation that had the Pink Panther doing their commercials. Remember that? Who was that? That was Owens Corning. Remember is that? Who it was? Or, yes, Kellen's giving me the thumbs up. States. Remember the Pink Panther? He was big on insulation. I think we had, I think we did have that here. I was going to say before we get we we always uh, we always go off topic a little bit. You introduced me to the uh, Twitter account Super Seventy Sports. And aren't you glad I did? Oh, it's hilarious. And their tweet about 20 minutes ago was just a picture of a Montreal Expos batting helmet. No text, just the picture. It was beautiful. They love the Expos on there. Uh, they actually uh, posted Andre Dawson's rookie card a couple days ago. I don't know whether they caught that one. I, you know, as far as insulation, and I don't know whether the caller was, was making the point that maybe a Ginla was a guy. I don't think a Ginla don't have much left. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think that was the play. I think you overpay for a guy like Marty Hansel. I, I've always been tempted by Martin Hansel, but so has everyone else in the National Hockey League. And I thought that, you know, that might have been the one guy, but you're going to end up overpaying for it. And, I, you know, he's just never quite, you know, turned the corner. He's been in the league for a decade now. And, um, you know, as far as David DeArnais, I mean, this is not a guy who's, you know, worn down by the game. I, I think, I, you know, I'm not sure how much he's going to contribute it, but to suggest that he's had his day, I mean, he's 30 years old. It's not like uh, we're talking about a guy north of 35 here. Uh, David DeArnay is, is much like uh, Mark Letestu in the sense that, you know, lightly regarded, uh, you know, worked his way up. Uh, you know, he actually took a longer road than Letestu did. I mean, he started in the ECHL had to prove himself at that level, won a league MVP, won a league championship, went to the American Hockey League and very nearly did the same thing. Had some big years with Montreal's Farm Club, and they finally ran out of reasons why they weren't you know, putting him with the NHL team. And he eventually carved out a top-line spot for himself. Is he a top-line player in the National Hockey League? No. But I think he was probably uh, the most economically viable third-line option for Peter Shirelli. And as much as I like Brandon Davidson, and I would not agree that you know Brandon Davidson didn't seize the opportunity. One caller said that, and I don't agree with that. I, I think Davidson got hurt, and Benning was added, and then when it took a while for Davidson to get going, he got hurt again. And I think he was really rounding into form. I, I thought he was playing fairly well. I, I think he's going to go on to have a decent National Hockey League career. But in this organization, when you have a chance to acquire a guy who's going to be theoretically your everyday third-line center, as opposed to a guy that right now you're pegging as a seven or eight in your lineup, I think you have to make that move. And uh, so I, I, I understand the trade. 
And I think uh, David DeArnay, you talk about seizing an opportunity. He's going to have a tremendous opportunity uh, playing third-line center for the Edmonton Oilers here down the stretch. And he may be getting some experience, uh, size, and speed on his wings uh, as we move forward here with, with Edmonton and, and some of the moves and some of the guys they're ready to add back into their lineup. Well, it is interesting up front, and I, I look at the lineup in terms of how it'll be for the rest of the season. Maroon, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, Latestu, and DeHarnay, if healthy, are going to play every game. That's 8 out of 12 forward spots. That leaves some uh, interesting debate and competition. I think Cassian's playing every game. Oh, pardon me. Cassian's going to play every game. Okay, so 9 out of, nine out of 12. So yeah, I, I think Cassian's playing every game. But, yeah, no, the rest of it is going to be, you know, is, is Pouliot going to regain uh, some traction with the Oilers and, and, you know, maybe find a way to salvage his season? Is a guy like Yesapoli-Yervi going to earn a call-up? Uh, does Drake Kajula work his way back into the lineup and, and get himself going? I mean, these are guys that are all now grappling for ice time and – that's what Peter Shirelli wanted to create when he first got here. He wanted to create competition up and down the lineup. And he's done that at every position except goaltender. And that's, uh, you know, and even there, he feels he feels very confident about what, you know, what LeBron Brassois has brought to the table recently in terms of, of both his performances in practice and in games. But I, I think there's a real uh, opportunity for so many players here down the stretch. And that's why Reed... I think this next eight-game homestand is real crucial because if the Oilers can maybe run off five or six wins and put themselves in basically the kind of shape where it's just a matter of time before they clinch a spot, that's going to allow the staff to kind of tinker with that bottom six, find out who's going, find out who's ready to seize the aforementioned opportunities, and roll with those combos heading into the postseason. Yeah, and I and I like the fact that there's going to be internal competition. Now, now look, Kate, like any other team, there's still question marks, still some parts of the lineup you'd say, ah, I wish that were a little better. But but I like the internal competition, and guys aren't going out there and saying, well, I guess I'm the 12th forward. Don't see anybody else that can do it. I mean, guys are right. going to go out there. I mean, Slepyshev might have a couple good games, but he can't get comfortable because he's thinking, well, now Pacarin is pushing me. Uh, you know, Kara can't go out there and play a couple games and think, well, now I'm an NHLer because Drake Kajula is pushing him. And you have you have the old battle-tested veteran Matt Hendricks who's still going to be leading and pushing guys. So I think I'm encouraged about that scenario. I can't argue with anybody that calls in and, and lists off the question marks about DeHarnay because he has had a tough season. So I'm in a wait and see camp about about him, but it, but at least there there's going to be guys who uh, are looking around and saying, "Oh, wait a minute, I, I'm far from secure when it comes to ice time in a position." Well, and that's you know that's part of having a great team is uh, is if you're not going to go, then it's next man up. And again, uh, you know what I suspect will happen is some tinkering down the stretch and. You know, once once Edmonton goes ahead and secures what I expect to be the club's first playoff position in 11 years, then I think they're going to start searching for exactly what they what they want to go with. And you might see some guys down the stretch, and I'm now talking about maybe the final seven or eight games that are you know pulled out of the line, not performance based whatsoever, but just to 
see who's going with who, who might have chemistry with whom here uh, down the stretch. Because like you said, I, I think there's nine of 12 forwards fairly secure. And I think you've got, you know, potentially a battle for that sixth defenseman because there are nights where, you know, I absolutely love Matt Benning. And there are nights where, you know, a guy like Eric Griba continues to, to prove why, despite, you know, limited foot speed, he's been able to carve out an NHL career for himself. He, has, he plays a big, heavy game, and you don't necessarily mind that when you're looking at a potential first-round matchup with Anaheim. Jack, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, I know we'll see you again at practice tomorrow. I, I hope uh, your son's hockey season is uh, is coming to a victorious conclusion. It's always great to have you on the show. Well, I, I think you might be far-reaching that. And I, I'm not 100% certain that it's always great to have me on the show. That's not what I'm hearing on the street, Reed, So, <laughs> Well, you just, we just need more ostrich stories, but we'll get to those in the summer. Absolutely, buddy. I'll see you at the rink tomorrow. That is Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Oilers here on 630 Chet of the Oilers Radio Network. He's always gracious with his time. Great guest to have. It is 7-17. Chicago has opened the scoring against Pittsburgh, by the way, while Jack and I were talking. Uh, Patrick Kane, who else? 25th of the season, so they lead Pittsburgh 1-0. We'll talk a little bit more about how the Pacific Division might shake up down the stretch here. Shake down, I guess. Shake down as we move down the uh, stretch run here. Pat Steinberg out of Calgary will join me between 7.30 and 8. The Flames have won five straight. They're four back of the Oilers. And uh, Edmonton also signed Ryan Mantha today from the Niagara Ice Dogs of the Ontario Hockey League to an entry-level contract. He is slated to join me as well. It's Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. So I mentioned the uh, Hawks going up one nothing on the Penguins. The Lightning and the Hurricanes are now tied 2-2 with nine minutes left. Tyler Johnson scoring for Tampa Bay halfway through the third to tie that one up. We'll keep you posted. Oil Kings underway, already down 2-0 to Kootenay. The game not yet seven minutes old. We have a couple of uh, tickets to give away to a future Oil Kings game. You can actually choose which game you go to. Their season is winding down, but they have their fan appreciation game on Sunday, so you can check that out. We will take caller number six at 780-496-0063. Caller number six to get those Oil Kings vouchers, you'll be calling into Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Kellen, old boy, how are you doing? I haven't had time to talk to you oh, much today. Oh, great. Busy day. It was a, well, it was a busy day. Yeah. We were down at uh, Rogers Place. I mean, it was a... The, the trade deadline is uh, not as sensational, perhaps, as it uh, as it once was, or perhaps that lives up to... Uh, a lot of fans' expectations. What time were the networks on this morning? I think 6 a.m. Mountain. Yeah. TSN and Sportsnet. By the way, did you see on TSN they announced that uh, Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole are coming back to TSN? Yeah. Good for him. Pretty exciting. Well, good for them, I guess. But Pretty uh, pretty exciting. We are slated to have Jay Onright on this show tomorrow. Right on. And he's coming to Edmonton on Friday. Hey. How do go. I know this? He's staying at my house. <laughs> nice. Right on. Is he going to the game on Saturday? I think he's going to the game. I believe he's. I think he's speaking at Nate on Saturday. I mean, he's coming to Edmonton for oh, a reason. Oh yeah, not just okay. to visit me. That's not I, enough to get th- someone to come that's to prob- Edmonton. That's probably the same thing that I fell asleep in when I went to school for. Oh Nate. my goodness! Yeah. Who spoke? Who spoke when you were at Nate? Uh, not Jay Onright. I think it was Jamie Campbell. I'm not sure. Nice I can't guy. remember. 
And he put He's you to awesome, sleep. though. We'll yeah. never tell Jamie that. No. Jamie's awesome. Well, how, did, well, how did he put you to sleep if no, he's so it, awesome? It, it totally wasn't him. It was probably the night of uh, debauchery that I had before the seminar started. That's all I'll say. All right. Okay. You're going to get a prize winner here. Okay, I'll do that. 780 Hopefully the callers did not fall asleep while we were having that discussion. Uh, this texture says... I do not claim to be a general manager and realize that Shirelli is and has far more insight about players in the league than I ever will. However, in the case of the most recent trade, I seem to assess that he felt pressured and somewhat pulled an irrational move to save face. In other words, a case of damned if you do and damned if you don't scenario. If it all works out, great for him, but I really don't think that DeHarnay is the right player who will work out and he should have remained status quo with the lineup he has if he had no other options. That is a text coming in to 630-630. Here is Peter Shirelli today, his media availability on acquiring David DeHarnay. Well, I see him in the third line. Yeah, that's that's why we got him. Um, he's a versatile player. Uh, he plays well above the puck. He's smart. Um, he competes. Uh, I know he's small, but he's strong. He's a low center of gravity. I, I saw him for a lot of years playing us in Boston. He's a he's a good player. This year hasn't been as good for him. He he, he hurt his knee earlier on. He's been in and out of the lineup prior to us acquiring him. Um, but as as I said last night, this is a veteran player. He's had playoff experience. He's high in character. Um, these are the types of the little ads that, that, that can help you along the way, and I expect to help us along the way. He's Situationally, he's got some strong face-off numbers. Um, he hasn't had great face-off numbers this year. Face-off success comes with confidence and repetition. He, in the past, he has. He, he, he takes a, a good draw with a low center of gravity. So he brings a lot that you know, again, it's not. I know it's not a real sexy ad, but he, he he brings a lot of what we need, and it gives the coaches flexibility. It gives the coaches flexibility on on Leon. Um, we've we've got a, a number of other players that can fill in uh, at some point, including uh, Puljarvi. At some point, he's been having a strong campaign down in Bakersfield. So I mean, really, there's the clip, and like that texter said. Shirelli has more insight into the players in the league than, than most of us has. Probably, maybe all of us have. So, I mean, that's that's the clip. I, I mean, that's what Shirelli believes is, is the best-case scenario for David DeHarnay. So, I mean, you know what? In uh, in a month and a half at the end of the regular season, call me or text me and say, Reed, play that clip from March 1st. I mean, because that's the one. I mean, that's the assessment. And as as a fan listening, it's it's up to you as an individual how much of that do you believe? How optimistic are you that that's gonna how it's gonna turn out for DeHarnay? I'm always willing to give the guy a chance. I, I, I honestly do believe it's a it's a fairly low risk move though. I, I don't think the team gets worse by having David DeHarnay instead of Brandon Davis. If David DeHarnay just simply can't cut it, that's disappointing. But there are but then the the forward lineup remains the pretty much the same as it's been for the last few weeks or months even that, that's how i would assess that all right we got to do the news well not me somebody else is going to do it pat steinberg from sportsnet 960 the calgary uh the calgary sportsnet 960 the fan maybe we should start referring well the hague is a city in the netherlands right 
He's going to jump on. We'll talk about the Flames, Oilers, and the Pacific Division when we get back. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Penguins pull even with Chicago 1-1. Late in the second period there. Now 3-2, the Lightning leading the Hurricanes. Kucherov is 27th of the season, less than four minutes to go. In that game, the Oil Kings have scored against Kootenai. They're down 2-1, nine minutes left in the first period. Pat Steinberg from Calgary will join us in a couple of minutes, but I want to get a couple of listeners in on the open line. We have Jordan first. Uh, We've got Jordan and Brandon. Jordan, i got about a minute for you, then i get get to Brandon and Pat, but go ahead, buddy. Yeah, uh, quickly, I just feel like, uh, you know, I love Brandon Davidson as as a guy, but uh, here we've acquired someone who's actually going to play top nine minutes for the Oilers instead of maybe losing Brandon for nothing. Uh, so in respect to the last text you had before the news, I mean, that, that's context that's critical. And I'm also working on a film project right now. Um, can't say what it is yet, but we have Americans coming up to our city, and they're very aware <laughs> about the story here right now. So I think fans in general just need to be, you know, look at the last 10 years and where we are now. Like, let's just like wait and see what these guys can do. I think we can do some damage this year, and people are taking notice, so let's have some pride in that. Is the movie The Reed Wilkins Story starring Matt Damon? Oh, you heard about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to you get what you the movie's coming out. You got to phone in or come be a guest so we can talk about it. Well, we'll see. It's not my department, but uh, but no, I, like people are taking notice and are aware of it, and it's a great story for Edmonton right now. And let's just enjoy the ride. Well, that's cool, Jordan. I really appreciate that phone call, man. Talk to you again. Take care. Bye. All right, and we also have Brandon on the line. Hi, Brandon. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm doing well. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to address that last texture as well, and. I hope I'm not repeating anything. I wasn't able to listen before that. But uh, this, you know, the, there's two factors here. Number one, when we've been losing games recently, what's it mostly been a, a matter of? Generally face-offs, right, especially on the special teams? Hasn't helped, yep. Secondly, um, you know, we're basically filling a bit of a, a roll hole there and without ma- creating one. But we're also, I think more of the idea is to try and push uh, push Vegas to be ta- toward taking – one of our, you know, our kind of anchor contracts, maybe a Pouliot or a Fane. You know, this guy's a UFA. It's kind of a no-loss scenario. I think it's fairly obvious that Davidson was high on the on the pick list for Vegas if he stayed. So we basically, you know, we get an upgrade for the postseason, and maybe we make a good push there. If we don't, eh, you know, but maybe we can at least get rid of a, we have a higher chance of getting rid of a bad contract come expansion time. I think that's a factor that some people are missing. Yeah, I mean, I just got an email here, Brandon, uh, from Roland, who says, I have no issue with DeHarnay as a rental to fill a need, but we gave up, gave up a contracted young defenseman who can be a top-four player to get only a rental back. Isn't that much? We should have been able to get a goalie prospect like Zach Fucali or Charlie Lindgren from their farm team. That would have balanced the trade better as it stands. We got fleeced. You weren't getting DeHarnay and a goalie. I, I mean... No. Again, all all the respect to, to Brandon Davidson, but he's a he's a five six defenseman, and on the orders yeah, right now, he's a seven or eight. I mean, it's just reality. It's not an insult. It's just reality. That's right. I mean, he's a seventh round draft pick, wasn't he? Like, I mean, this is he's been a nice story in Edmonton, but does anybody outside of Edmonton know or care about that story? Well, no. yeah, fair point. Yeah, fair fair point. And I know sometimes we as media and fans say, "Well, you overvalue your own players," but. I, 
you know, I think you, you hope Shirelli has a beat on it. Like, I agree. There's a risk to DeHarnay. I just don't think it's an unmanageable risk. No, exactly. I mean, I think considering the position we're in, like, we're probably making the playoffs, we're pushing for the playoffs, but I don't think we're really cup contenders yet. So, I mean, you know, a round or two, I think most people are happy. And, you know, maybe DeHarnay maybe pushes us through that second or third round. You know, I think maybe that's what that is. Get, get the guys he's keeping some experience. Maybe, you know, gives a little center depth. You know, our D, our, our five, six, seven, eight D positions, we've got, we finally got stuff to fill that. So we're basically, uh, yeah, it's a short term deal, but this is a guy we were probably losing anyway. And, uh, you know, and it does make our team probably better for, in a place we were lacking in the short term. So I don't see an issue here. I think it was a, a reasonable move given the circumstances and given the prices of some of the better stuff that's going. It, it was kind of ridiculous, some of it, I thought. Well, somebody just texted and said, what kind of a draft pick do you think Davidson was worth? Not in the top like, three rounds, right? No, Maybe no, not in the top five? four. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's nice, but, yeah, I, you know, we're finally making the playoffs after a decade. I'd rather have a guy that might win some face-offs. Well, and I, and I don't know? think Shirelli would have traded Davidson for a draft pick. I mean, you, you can't just say, well, this was worth this, so this was worth this. I, I think if he was shopping Davidson and was only going to get a draft pick, he probably wouldn't have done it. He probably wanted somebody who could help, at least in the short term. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly, especially going into a weak draft year from all accounts, right? Like, So we give up a, a guy that was drafted seventh for another five to seventh round pick. So, you know, maybe this guy maybe this guy works out real well when we look at signing him for crying out loud, like, well, maybe, you know, and, and, that, and, doors. and that's the one thing that I think, you know, and some fans are saying, why don't we just trust Shirelli? I mean, I get both sides of it. I do think Shirelli is pretty good at big picture thinking. And I think he also says, okay, maybe this guy was on another team, but he couldn't fulfill that role. Maybe I have a role for him. And maybe Patrick Maroon fits that bill. With, with DeHarnay, he was no longer a top six. I mean, he got 60 points. Granted, it was five years ago, but he was no longer a top six Montreal Canadian. And right. m- maybe they didn't have a spot for him on the bottom two lines. Obviously, Montreal got bigger and bulkier today, so he didn't fit. Maybe he fits Edmonton better. Maybe. I mean, I'm talking best-case scenario, but I think if exactly. people, I think the people who want to throw out the worst-case scenario, they also have to acknowledge there's a best-case scenario. Well, exactly. That's, that's that's a really good way of looking at it. And you kind of got to go. What I mean, we got we got something from a position that we had a surplus of, and yeah, maybe you know maybe it'll help us out. You can't, you know, it won't hurt us. I mean, I don't think this guy's gonna be worse than having Kajula trying to be your third center in the playoffs as Leon is on the way. Yeah, fair enough. I did Dayharney. I like Kajula. I'd rather see him play wing for the rest of the year until he seasons his game a bit. I think right. You're missing some nuance. Right? Yeah. So, you know, realistically, that's what you were looking at before that. I don't think I think I don't think you want Latestu playing more minutes than he than he is now. Right. So, this is what you're going to do without overpaying. And if this is not our year to push, and we got an expansion draft, why would we overpay? Brandon, good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Yeah, have a great night. All right. I don't know if uh, we're going to be able to connect with Pat Steinberg out of Calgary tonight. That's all right. We have enough content, including more Peter Shirelli. He made an interesting clip about the uh, about feeling that the roster is a little more well-rounded. It's well-rounded. Um, it's still a little bit of youth in it um, and experience. Um, I think we've got good depth. We've got good depth on D. 
we got good depth on forward as it stands now. When we end up activating Pouliot, we'll have three extra forwards. We've got two or three D in the in the Bakersfield that will provide depth to us. We have seven D now. All right, so they'll have seven D uh, around with uh, Davidson and Grybe. I would think alternating the six seven spots, and then the top guys on the farm. I guess you'd look at Osterley, maybe Reinhardt, maybe Mark Fain coming up, depending on uh, exactly what they needed. Uh, definitely some people who don't like uh, Peter Shirelli. This texture says, "Oh, he's good at big picture thinking, like trading Tyler Sagan." All right, well he traded Tyler Sagan. I mean. Okay, he traded him. I mean, clearly there were some other issues there with him being in Boston. And, you know, maybe it wasn't going to work out for him long-term and he needed a change of scenery. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to evaluate the moves. I recognize the risk with DeHarnay. If you're expecting your general manager to bat a 1,000, then you're going to be disappointed. I mean, I, I look at Shirley's moves and say most of them have worked in terms of what that added player was supposed to bring. I, I think that's difficult to argue. I'm sure people will argue with me, but the, but that's how I'm that's how I look at that. In terms of the goaltending uh, issue, here are some comments about Brassois and uh, why they weren't looking that hard for a goalie. We wanted to give these guys a chance, the guys that got us here, and that includes LB. And uh, we feel that his practices have been getting better. We feel that the effort and his performance in his games have been good, and we see improvement, and and so we, we're confident in uh, him spelling Cam, and we'll have to spell Cam at certain points, and that's been discussed between myself and the coaches, so we were, we're not after a goalie today. All right, so he wasn't really looking hard for a goalie. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure he was looking a little bit perhaps before today. Uh, I mean, Talbot's going to play no matter what, even if they would have acquired an experienced backup. Uh, you know, Bob touched on it earlier. You know, obviously maybe a little bit of surprise that it didn't appear they were looking a little harder. I know Shirelli said he likes Brassois' uh, progression in terms of that he's been able to practice at the NHL level and look look at some things. Uh, I mean, the, I don't know. I, I, I understand the argument of let's have a more solid backup. Absolutely. It's too bad Gustafson didn't work out. Um, for for sure, it would have been nice to have Gustafson playing better. But Talbot is Talbot's playing the majority of the games, and certainly postseason games, no matter what. And regardless of who the backup is or would have been, if Talbot gets injured, then you're in a tough situation, no matter what. So I, I I'm kind of like you know, if he looked whatever, I, I wouldn't have given away a lot for a backup goaltender, especially if. Uh, you know, it's a guy like if you would have brought in Halak, who then you're possibly stuck with for for next year, paying a lot of money to to sit on the bench. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. This texter says, uh, "Ask Pittsburgh about defensive depth." This is the guy who doesn't like Shirelli. Ask Pittsburgh about defensive depth and what they paid for a third pairing or worst defenseman. And you think Davidson wasn't worth a third round pick and under club control? He is under contract for next season. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if if Brandon Davidson was that highly thought of around the NHL, then uh, I mean, why weren't teams blowing the Oilers' socks off to try to get him? 
Jim is on the phone. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hi there. Um, I'm just wondering, uh, you prob- you people probably have seen Lazar play. I think he played with the Oil Kings. Yeah, a few years ago, for sure. Yeah, and um, was he um, was he a, a fair player, fairly good? He was one of the Oil Kings' best players. Now, the NHL is a different world. Unfortunately, he hasn't played great with Ottawa. It kind of wasn't going well for him there. He had a tough bout of mono earlier this year, so earlier this season, so that obviously limited him. So he wasn't developing the way Ottawa liked, so they decided uh, time for a change of scenery, and that's why he went to Calgary. But do you think he has some tools, though, eh? Oh, I think he could be, you know, I, I think if he developed here, I, I think he could be a third or a fourth liner. I mean, the one thing about Curtis Lazar is I don't doubt his attitude and I don't doubt his work ethic. Right. Uh, you know, again, it's just a jump for a guy and, and some of the things that worked for him in junior in terms of producing points and being effective. You know, I mean, he scored a lot of those goals around the tight areas. He checked really hard. It just hadn't been translating to him at the NHL level. I wouldn't give up on the guy because, I, I, you know, he is... He's only, he, well, he's, well, he's only young, isn't he? Uh, what is he now? 22, I want to say? He is still relatively young, yes. Yeah, he's probably around 21, 22. Uh. I just, I'm bad with remembering stuff. He was drafted... Three years ago or four years was, ago? Was he drafted by Ottawa? Oh, yeah, he was drafted in the first round. Um, he was what, drafted what? in 2013. 2013. So, yeah, he'd be around 22 then. He's He just turned 22 at the start of this yeah. month. Yeah. How high a draft was he? Like, he was he, he was in the was, top 10? No, or? he was 17th. He was 17th. 17th. So, I mean, often you get a, you know, bottom six forward out of that or, you know, yeah. the, you know yeah. usually, I mean... The, but, yeah, well, I mean, Boyd Gordon was, what, 11th? And he's been a fourth-line center most of his career. What's that? Boyd Gordon, I yeah, think, was yeah, 11th. Yeah, so. that played, uh, uh, yeah, I watched him in Red Deer here Yeah, with the Rebels. Yeah, yeah, but Lazar did get traded today. I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to bring oh, that up. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank Jim, you. thanks for calling. All right, we'll take a quick timeout, and you'll hear from another new guy who's joined the Oilers organization, Ryan Mantha, when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. So uh, Justin Fontaine acquired by the Oilers today. Minor league deal. They give up Taylor Beck. Fontaine, a former junior teammate of Mark Letestu. The trade, obviously, last night. DeHarnay for Davidson. You can get more on those on 630Ched.com and a full list of all the deals today. The Oilers also signed Ryan Mantha to an entry-level contract. He's the captain of the Niagara Dice Dogs in the Ontario Hockey League. He's 20 years old. Was drafted by the Rangers in 2014. Never signed. And Ryan joins us now. Ryan, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Congratulations on the entry-level contract with the Oilers today. Just give us a sense of, of how this came to be. Have you been talking to the Oilers for, for a while, or, or how did you wind up joining the organization? Yeah, Edmonton's, uh, they've been uh, looking at me all year here in Niagara and uh, talking to my coach, David Bell, um, and uh kind of just put things together here within the last week and uh i'm excited to be an oiler why do you think the organization is a good fit for you uh, i just like the way they approached me and uh kind of the confidence they have in me as of uh now and the way i play and 
how I'll fit uh, with the Oilers and the, and the organization. Um, uh, and just the way they handle themselves, uh, uh, Keith and Pete, uh, I think they're both classy guys. And um, I think the org- organization's very professional, and uh, that, that was big for me. Now, would have you played against Connor McDavid three or four years ago? And if so, what do you remember about that? Yeah, I played against him my first year when he was with the Otters. Uh, obviously, he's an elite player. He's very skilled. Um, uh, I still watch him there now, and uh, he's a great player. Obviously, everyone sees it, and uh, you know he's doing very well. Ryan Mantha joining us on Inside Sports, signed to the an entry-level contract by the Oilers today. He plays with the Niagara Ice Dogs. You're having a pretty good season there, 51 points in 58 games. And, you know, we, it's hard not to note your size. You're listed as, as 6'5". Tell us a little bit about what kind of a player you are and, and uh, why you've been able to have been pretty successfully, uh, successful this season. Yeah, obviously, uh, I think I've taken a bigger step this year, uh, captain. Uh, but I've always liked to lead by examples. We've got a young team, so... I'm just having fun playing hockey. I'm a big, steady Eddie defenseman, but uh, I'm I'm not afraid to jump up in the rush and and try to make plays. Obviously, uh, to help the forward score. I mean, everybody wants to score goals, right? So um, I like to jump up in the rush, but obviously I'm a defenseman, so I like to take care of my own end first and uh, move up the ice and uh, try to create something. All right. Now, what's what's the relation here to Mo Mantha, who was actually briefly an Edmonton Oiler in '87, '80? Is he is he your uncle? What's the relationship? Yeah, Mo's uh, my uncle. He's uh, my dad's brother. So, um, yeah, he's my uncle. All right. Sorry. Right, so, are you, are you pretty close to him? Does he have any good NHL stories or guidance for you along the way? Uh, I actually I haven't talked to him in a little while. Uh, he's up north there now, and I'm here in. St. Catharines uh, with the Ice Dogs, so he kind of just lets me do my thing, and I let him do his thing, kind of, so. Okay, well, a lot of people are asking about their relationship as, as soon as you sign, so that's pretty cool. Give us a sense here of what the situation Niagara is in uh, right now, and what that might mean for, for your future as in terms of where you're playing for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, I'm not sure of anything yet for the end of the season, but uh, right now we're in eight. Uh, we're trying to get a playoff spot. It's I think we're down to eight games left in the year. So um, obviously my focus is here with the Ice Dogs, and uh, they obviously haven't missed playoffs uh, yet in uh, Ice Dog history. So um, I'm just doing whatever it takes to get in the playoffs. And like you see in the NHL every year, um, you just got to get in, and once you get in, you can make some noise. And uh, I've got confidence that uh, the team we have now that we can do it. Okay. Well, look forward to meeting you in person someday, Ryan. Again, congratulations on joining the Oilers organization. Best of luck rest of the way this season with the Ice Dogs. I hope we can talk again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's Ryan Mantha, newest member of the Oilers organization, signs an entry-level contract. He's uh, fighting for a playoff spot with the Niagara Ice Dogs. Uh, The texter who uh, was critical of uh, Shirelli says that I, uh, I said Davidson is not under contract for next season. I don't remember saying that, but just to clarify, Brandon Davidson is under contract for next season. A couple of final texts tonight. JoJo says, some Oilers fans overrate Davidson's value. He's not much but a 5-7 to D man that had a tremendous year last year where he played over his head. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Davidson has future stints in the AHL throughout his career. That's a text from JoJo. And uh, here's how we'll finish it off tonight, Kellen. 
This texter says, all these donkeys texting you about Davidson's worth. A, they aren't GMs. B, they're not paid to watch or analyze hockey. C, no one else cares about his story. He's a third-pairing D-man traded for a third-line center. What is the problem? It's a good way to finish off the trade deadline discussion tonight. Thanks to everybody who took part. I am curious to see how DeHarnay will perform. Oilers back at practice tomorrow, next game Saturday against Detroit. Thanks to our guests tonight, Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer. And again, thanks to everybody who called and texted. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Tomorrow, Kelly Rudy on the show and Jay Onright scheduled to join us too. Charles Adler tonight is up next. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.